0: So thank you very much for joining us on this episode of value nigeria podcast it's been an amazing time so far that we've had on the podcast we've had various guests on and off week on week in the program and then this week we have a wonderful guest somebody i'm very privileged even to have on the show my guest on this week's episode of the podcast um, he's a financial economist and he's a renowned professor of capital markets uh, at the Nasarawa State University in Kefi. In fact, he's the first professor of capital markets in Nigeria. Um, he's at various times served as the head of the department in that unit, the head of um, the accounting department, the banking and finance unit, and has served in various roles, um, as, such as the director of quality assurance in the university. He holds a BSc in accounting, an M.Sc in economics, and a PhD in finance. He's also a chartered stockbroker, he's a chartered banker, he's a fellow of the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Nigeria, and also a member of the Chartered Institute of Taxation of Nigeria. Before joining the National State University as a pioneer academic staff, he's worked as the head of research at Lombard Asset Management in Abuja. Um, He's also served as the chief economist and director of research at the Securities and Exchange Commission of Nigeria. Um, he was a member of the Nigerian Stock Exchange, which has now transitioned to become the NGX, uh, the member of the advisory committee and a non-executive director at Peace Capital Markets Limited. Um, my guest today is also privileged to have been a former commissioner of finance in Imo State and a member of Nigeria's Federation Account Allocation Committee, that's the FAAC, um, the post-mortem group, even of that committee. And as a commissioner of finance in Imo States, he has instituted and deployed various strategies that significantly boosted the internal gener- generated revenue of the state. My guest is a council member of the Chartered Institute of Bankers of Nigeria, and he currently sits on the board of Prime Commodities Exchange Limited, also on the board of uh, Mutes One Capital Limited, as well as Kauri Treasury Limited, which is a subsidiary of Kauri Asset Management Limited as an independent director. He is also the current president of the Association of Capital Markets Academics of Nigeria and the chairman of the Chartered Institute of Bankers of Nigeria, the Abuja branch to be specific. He has authored and co-authored over 50 articles which have been peer reviewed and published in all the top journals and has also authored about 10 books specifically in the area of finance and in capital markets including the popular book titled the 10 p's of the nigerian capital market um, my guest is married to dr gladys and they have three wonderful children um, it's time to let the cat out of the bag <laughs> my guest today is professor uchi Uwaliki. thank you very very much for joining us on the podcast today sir
1: Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Doctor. It's indeed my pleasure.
0: I I remember the first time I came across your name, sir. That was um, in the newspapers. I read an article that you wrote, and that was one of the few things that, you know, spoiled my interest even in capital markets. Um, How has your journey been, sir, from inception till now?
1: Well, thank you very much. Um, Well, you've read my profile. (laughs) Um, After studying accounting, um, you know, some years ago, I went on to study economics and then later um, end a PhD in finance. But all along I've always been interested in the financial markets, especially the capital markets and that was why I started um, publishing you know in that area um, such that um, by the grace of God I uh, you know I became a professor of capital markets um, and I am um, still functioning in that um, area. As you also read in my profile, um, I'm the president of the Capital Market Academics of Nigeria. Um, uh, so uh, my interest in the markets, um, uh, you know, has always been there, and that's also what uh, led me to um, write the professional exams. Uh, after qualifying as a chartered accountant, I felt that wasn't um, enough to deepen my interest in the market so I went on to do the CIS exams you know and I qualified as a broker uh, since 2007 um, and I also had at that time I had um, a license um, you know to as a dealer um, on the floor of the um, exchange um, at some point so I was also appointed a member of advisory committee of the uh, you know Nigerian, uh, now Nigerian Exchange. Um, just as you also read in my profile, um, I took leave of absence from the university to serve as Chief Economist at the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, where I also doubled as uh, the, you know, the head of research. And in between, uh, prior to that time, um, I had also worked um, in an investment bank um, as their head of research. Um, that was actually between in between my lecturing at um, Lagos State University and the time I moved over to Nasarawa State, um, you know, University. So um, I would say that uh, my interest in finance, um, my interest in uh, investments, you know, have been there all along, and um, and that's um, something I, I developed, um, particularly when you know I, I was in Lagos, I was teaching in Lagos and then i had friends okay so you know this uh, peer um, influence you know is always there many of the friends i had then were already operating in that uh, you know space so i became interested and um, that interest uh, has been nurtured um, uh, you know since then uh, mm-hmm. so of course if you if you are aspiring to do something and you have friends that are encouraging you they tend to achieve it um, you know very fast so the friends I I had, um, you know, encouraged me, and um, I thank God uh, for the uh, extent I've gone. I've gone so far.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much for that answer, sir. Now you've been someone that has spent decades in the market. You've been you've you've seen the market evolve over time. How has the market changed from when you started, even to what we have at present, sir?
1: Yes, you're, you're very correct. Um, uh, if um, there is anybody who has seen both, both sides um, um, in Nigeria today, I think if you interview anybody, um, they'll be mentioning my name. I will tell you I've um, had experience in the academia, I've also had industry experience. So I, um, I have this, um, that, that advantage. Um, back in the oh. years, the stock market was was quite small um the capital market even as a whole you know if, if you use for example if you're measuring that by uh, market capitalization if you are measuring that by the number of um, participants, um, especially the number of retail investors okay so we had that um, um, market market was small and again the products then were narrow um the products were essentially you know shares and bonds that were traded uh, in the market in terms of infrastructure they're not as modernized as we have them today um i remember then um uh, the transaction cycle was as as long as um 6 days we uh, we we called it t plus 5 days uh, t plus 5 means 6 days transaction day plus so it took um, nearly a week before you know one could complete transaction you know um, in the market but today uh, we, we thank god um, infrastructure has been modernized um, the cycle has now been reduced to four days even though we know uh, that um, there's still room for improvement it's now t plus three days for equities um, the equity segment of the market um, uh, today of course you know we have um, the intermediaries the market operators they are bigger in size in those days stockbroking firms were small some of them were just one room uh, you know but today uh, we have stronger you know bigger uh, firms Um, um, so i would say again to helped by technology enabled by technology um, it, uh, of course before now we didn't uh, know about um, fintech wasn't really present in the market uh, but today we find a lot of fintech applications which of course um, uh, 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 these applications are helping to you know further deepen the market i recall the last uh, mtn uh, offer uh, last year mtn i didn't have an offer for sale made an offer for sale last year and um that offer was largely successful, you know, because MTN uh, deployed fintech um, in that offer. Remember, uh, many people that applied for that those uh, shares did, did that, you know, just from the comfort of their of their homes, you know, using just their phones, you know, f- uh, to do that. And uh, as a result of that, we saw a boost in the retail investors um, uh, by over um you know uh, hundred hundred thousand okay and many of them too you know have happened to the women okay so you have a country in which the population is uh, mainly youth um young people uh, so that is what is now helping to drive the market okay even though we, we are still having the challenge the average age of retail investors today in the market is 53 years. Um, according to the CSCS, the Central Securities Clearance System, I think um, the um, um, MD, who is uh, happens to be my friend, um, uh, Mr. jallo uh, was saying the other day uh, at a conference where we met that the average age of investors in the market is 53 years. So that tells you that um, a lot more young people are still uh, needed to be part of the Uh, the the market, and that will happen if um, we embrace um, uh, fintech. I will also say that um, over time, regulation has uh, greatly improved. Um, Of course, um, talking about regulation, the APEX regulator is the Securities and Exchange Commission um, helped by the uh, self-regulated regulatory regulatory organizations, uh, the NGX itself with now the regulatory arm. So regulation has improved, and that has um, gone a long way in improving investors' confidence. Okay. Remember, in two, 2007, um, that was when the market peaked. The market peaked around 2007, uh, but of course dropped sharply in 2008, owing to the global financial crisis. So, the impact of that crisis lingered for a long time, uh, such that the market, you know, didn't really recover um, until you know much recently. And another thing I've, I've noticed too um, that over the years, um, it, it would appear our research has also supported that that the um, stock market in Nigeria, the capital market in Nigeria, you know, generally um, reflects the you know, uh, state of the economy, and you know we have an economy that um, is um, dependent on the various international oil market. So, anytime we had a boom, you tend to see the market also, um, you know, uh, growing. And then, uh, we anytime there is a slump, it also affects the market. So, when we had this recession, the two recessions we have recently, twenty sixteen and twenty twenty, also affected the market. Now, one more thing I need to say is Mm -hmm. that um, up until 2020, foreign investors were dominating in the market. Um, Then transactions and the the equity segment in particular were dominated by foreign investors. But we saw COVID, COVID came, and a lot of investors exited, foreign investors exited. So the players in our market today the majority of the players in our market today happen to be domestic investors. So when we say domestic investors, we are referring to both institutional, the pension funds in, in particular, mutual funds, and the retail investors. So uh, it's, it's cheering to know that retail investors are beginning to, um, you know, uh, retail in- investment space, is beginning to gain tra- traction, you know, traction in our, in our market today. So overall, I would say, that in the last 10 years, we have seen significant improvements in the Nigerian investment space and um, in the Nigerian capital market in general. Um,
0: thank mm-hmm. you very much. I just want to pick on something you've raised in the course of your, your answer, sir. You've talked yes. about the average age of the retail investor in Nigeria, being 53. Uh, you've talked about how 27, 2007 damaged the morale of a lot of investors. Yes. And today we see quite a lot of youths. They know about investment. They want to invest. But most times we see them putting money into Ponzi schemes and you know things that eventually dampen this morale even further. How yes. do we encourage the youths? How do we bring them in, even into co investing in the stock market?
1: Yes. Um, uh, one way to bring them in uh, is to first to educate them. Yes, they need to be educated uh, with respect to what it takes to invest in the stock market. Investment is not all about returns. Okay, You know, our youth tend to be carried away. They think investment is all about what, 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 uh, what they stand to gain. In finance, in investment generally, we also talk about risks. So there is the flip side. So youths need to understand that every investment you know, has some risk. There is no investment that is riskless. The only investment that is risk-free, theoretically, is investment in government securities, okay? In treasury bills, for example. But even that has its own risk, uh, such as inflation risk. If inflation is high and you are investing in treasury bills, the real rate of return may end up being negative. So every investment has risk. People should understand that. So, if they understand that, they are now in a position to um, uh, undertake the investment. You know, based on their risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's important that 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 is um, that is put out there. That that education is um, uh, also the one that emphasizes all talks about the risks. Why are youth attracted? Why are a lot of a number of people attracted to Ponzi schemes? It is because Ponzi schemes present only the fair side. Okay, they tell you put your money today in the one month you get thirty percent return. So they don't also talk about the risks. And we know that the popular balance is um, the higher the risk, the higher the return, or the higher the return, the higher the risk. So, and that's also why um, even. You see, youths are attracted to cryptocurrencies, um, you know, digital assets. Okay, uh, some some do that without again understanding the risks involved. So, the first thing is to um, educate as uh, through financial, you know, step up financial literacy. Um, then the second thing again is for the market, for the market to um, develop products that these youths find attractive. OK, so the market should be able to meet the needs of these youths. I give an, I, I gave an example earlier on of how MTM was able to attract a um, you know, number of um, youth and women uh, in their offer, and that was because they deployed technology. OK, so if we get to a point where people can, you know, assess the market through their phones. OK, if we get to a point where transactions can be started and concluded, in a day, in some economies the transaction cycle is T. In some others it's T, T plus one. one. We are still doing T plus three. So again, that's that's discouraging. So many youths today are not patient, you know, enough to wait for uh, for this before a transaction can be completed. When they know that there are other options, there are, you know, uh, the crypto thing, for example, example, or some other investments that. Can uh, you know they can start and conclude just by uh, pressing the button. So, um, so we need to develop products that, uh, that you know catches their uh, products that uh, you know catch their fancy. Um, of course, we know that the menu of uh, asset classes you know has um, um, improved today in the markets. We have exchange traded funds today in the markets. Um, you know, uh, we are beginning beginning to talk about derivatives. The recently, the SEC licensed uh, seven derivative contracts, you know, for trading, you know, in our market. Um, if you look at the fixed income side, um, the federal government is still a dominant player. Federal government has introduced the FGM bonds, savings bonds, again for youths, for s- s- small income uh, earners. Okay. Um, so the market, you know, needs to be innovative, creative, uh, Try to bring out some of these products that, you know, they use. And a lot of people that are, you know, financially excluded, you know, can, um, you know, access, can have access. So first is financial literacy. The other one is, um, um, you know, products, more products. Then the other issue, too, has to do with, um, you know, regulation. Regulation has to be friendly. Regulation has to embrace um, uh, what is current, what is modern, okay? As as we talk now, there is no regulation in Nigeria today on crypto assets, okay? Um, The bottom-up that the central bank of nigeria and the Security and exchange commission are trying to work out uh, you know regulations around crypto uh, assets but as we speak there, there is none and and because of that um you also are aware the central bank stopped uh, banks from you know um, having dealings with them um, uh, some of these crypto uh, uh, platforms but the sec has been um uh, you know favor- favorably disposed to um the uh, developments in the crypto um, markets and the crypto asset space um, So I think that should um, continue. Um, our youth are embracing uh, fintech so the regulation should embrace fintech and encourage fintech. the market too should um, uh, embrace uh, fintech, develop products that um, you know have both fintech features. Uh, that the youth, uh, you know, the Gen Z's and uh, the Gen X Gen Z's, you know, uh, uh, would ordinarily uh, you know, embrace. And of course, financial literacy education is very critical. So they don't, uh, 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 you know, get carried away. They're not misled. Um, they don't burn their fingers and then get discouraged. That reminds me um, I'll be addressing uh, some students, University of Abuja uh, students. They have a an investment club you know the holidays the you know the the school is not on but the club is asking me to come and talk to them on investments just as we're discussing now Um, you know that's um a a, a literacy education um you know is very critical i was uh, um, i was trying to make a point you know that led me to if i remember i will i will will, um, also mention it you know about um how to um get more youth you know, to embrace the savings culture. And then, of course, savings we know should translate to um, investment and not to, um, you know, get their fingers on Yes, I was saying that one of those students, one of those students told me that he bought Access Bank shares um, in 2000. And then, um, so, you know, some years ago, he bought, he said he bought a total of, um, uh, shares worth 26,000 uh, naira. And that today, those shares are worth 23,000 Naira. And it's over a 10 year period and he's asking me, why should he continue to invest in stocks? Okay, so but I tried to let him understand that um, when you're investing in stocks, okay, you don't do so blindly. You, you know, check some, you know, fundamentals, for example, of the company before you invest. But again, returns from, investments is not just the appreciation or depreciation as the case may be. Returns also come by way of dividends. Okay. So when we talk about return on investments for shares, it is it, it comprises one share appreciation, two dividend uh, payment. So I asked him, have you not received, did you not receive dividend over the period? Because I know Access Bank is one bank that has been you know paying dividends he said he has been receiving i said now add the dividends you got over those years mm-hmm. before we can now know whether you know you made a, a loss of profits all right so the important thing is identifying companies with such records such track records you know uh, with good fundamentals they have um good earnings they have um, good track dividend payments okay mm-hmm. identify them invest in them and then um, over a long period of time, you are not going to lose out. Uh, that, that's just it.
0: Thank you very much, sir. Um, you, you brought up something in the course of that discussion. That's the cryptocurrencies, but we'll come to that later. Yes. Um, first, you've talked about the risk and the return um, like um, relationship. Yes. Looking at the Nigerian capital markets, there seems to be a dislocation over the past decade or decade and a half. Um, the more risk, we we know that the more risky an asset is, the more the returns should be. Yes. Like equities, equities have been deemed to be more risky than government securities like bonds and treasury bills. That's correct. However, over the past decade and a half in the Nigerian space, for investors who have just focused on um, the risk-free assets like T-bills and bonds and all, they seem to have done better than the all share index of the Nigerian stock market. Do you have any reasons or any thoughts about why this dislocation in the risk return environment for Nigeria?
1: Okay, well to begin with the um, when we say higher the risk the higher return. Uh, of course that should be under in economics we say cheter variables, all of that uh, things remaining the same. Uh, so theoretically you expect that to happen. Uh, but in the Nigerian case, we know that um, you know I mentioned earlier, that the performance of the equities markets has been influenced by the state of the economy, okay? Now we know investing in equities uh, poses a lot of risks um, and um, as such, you should also expect that return should be higher. But where where you have a situation in which the economy is tanking, okay? The economy is plummeting, plummeting, you know, there is recession. For example, you would not expect that those kinds of returns from the um, those companies or from those stocks. Okay, but what has also happened, you rightly mentioned, is that the the bond market, the fixed income market, of course, is um, dominated by the gov- the government. The government is dom- dominates the bond market in Nigeria. We have seen and not much from the corporate, um, um, you know, space. Uh, It's still the government. And uh, government securities are supposed to be risk-free, okay? But because of the fact that the government in Nigeria has been borrowing, you know, borrowing so much, uh, you know, uh, to fund um, uh, budget deficits. So what has happened is that interest rates have been driven up, okay? So the more the government borrows, the more interest rates uh, go. And if you also notice, the central bank uh, benchmark rate, benchmark interest rate, has not been below 10% for a long time. At, as we speak, it is 11.5. That's the monetary policy rate. Okay, so when you have a high interest rate environment, for the government to succeed in raising funds, in borrowing, the government needs to raise Interest rates, okay. So and of course, if government is borrowing, investors are taking, are lending money to the government, and then um, you know getting the returns. That's why uh, over time we have seen you know uh, very high in tr- uh, treasury bill rates, okay. We have seen very high. That's for the money market. We have seen if also um, increase in uh, you know bonds. Um, Interest rates on bonds uh, or bond yields, uh, or, or if you like, low bond prices, because there's an inverse relationship between bond yields and bond uh, uh, prices. So, over a period of time, yes, the fixed income market uh, have been um, driven, interest rates have gone up. And then, um, investors, a lot of investors, especially the pension funds, you know, pension funds um, are not particularly. Encouraged to invest in risky securities, so they tend to pack pack their funds in their government securities. Okay, okay. So, because government securities are, are are considered risk-free, so one of the reasons why you find that happening is one, the government securities are safe, are safer than equities. Why have they paid that much? Because of high int- high interest rate environments. Okay, even during periods of recession, the interest rates have been high. Inflation has been high, even during periods of recession. And that's why what the economy actually experienced in 2016 and even in 2020 was not just a recession, but stagflation. A situation in which inflation rate was rising, and but but growth was um, slowing. Okay, It it was even in the negative. So when you have stagflation, in- inflation is rising. Interest rate is also rising, and if interest rate is rising, of course, it fits into the return for the return on a, um, a, you know government securities. Okay, so that is what has happened, and then um, you now find that of equities um, you know plunging. Now you notice that in 2020, after the economy came out from recession. I'm talking about the Nigerian economy now. You know, Nigerian economy exited recession um, during the last quarter of 2020, okay? Uh, when the economy, um, you know, turned GDP growth turned positive, okay? Now, in 2020, surprisingly, or against all expectations, the stock market in Nigeria was ranked the best, adjunct best in the world, based on return. The stock market delivered in 2020. Why was that so? It was so because the Central Bank of Nigeria before then, in September of that year, had dropped the monetary policy rate. It was so because interest rates crashed. Returns, interest rates on fixed income crashed. And because of the the crash, Uh, In treasury bill rates and um, bond rates, what happened? We saw some migration, you know, a transition from fixed income. Investors began to rebalance their portfolios from fixed income to equities. That was what really pushed the market towards the end of 2020, such that at the end, we now saw, um, you know, that kind of a performance and uh, said, I judged the best. In the world. And it also played out um, in twenty in, in 2017. The economy was in recession in 2016. By the time we exited, by 2017, again, interest rates started going down. And what happened? Uh, the market, too, I think, um, uh, printed um, about um, uh, 42%. So in 2017, we are the third best in the world. In 2020, uh, we now became the first. And all of that was because the interest rates in the, in the fixed income dropped, and then we saw this uh, rebalancing. So, yes, uh, it has happened, it happened because of these factors, as I mentioned. You know, uh, and remember too that um, um, the drop in interest rates in 2020 was because of all the interventions by the central bank, you know, um, reducing interest rates because of COVID from when they won. The facilities central bank gave out. Central bank had to drop rates, you know, to five percent, you know, single digit. So, general interest rates went down, and then saw investors now shifting to equities.
0: Thank you very much, sir. In in foreign climes, people with half your credentials, people with half your qualifications, end up um, like leaving the academia, setting up private investment funds or hedge funds. Um, is there any reason why you have remained in the academia? Any reason why you are not doing that part of setting up your own fund?
1: <laughs> well, uh, for me, it's um, now. I told you, I've have experienced both worlds. Um, um, even in the academia, um, I am the uh, I am the president of um, Capital Market Academics. Capital Market Academics uh, is an umbrella body. Of all lecturers in Nigerian universities in, Niger, in you know in Nigerian universities that teach capital markets related courses that teach investments, so we came together, you know, um, founded the association, and the you know they met me. They are pioneer presidents. It's an association that just came into being uh, two years ago. So for me, it's a passion. I I love what I'm doing. Opportunity for me to also you know. Uh, bring up the younger ones, um, and then of course we teach these uh, things in school. And remember too that if we are to um, drive up our retail investor base in this country, we uh, one of the ways by which that can be done is through the education, through you know financial literacy. So I feel it's also my own way of contributing to the growth, you know, of um, of the market um as, as as an aside i'm also associated with um you know a number of um investment firms a number of um, um stockbroking firms um I, from my profile you saw that i'm on the board of um mm-hmm. on the board of Carrier assets yes. i'm on the board of mutual One capital okay as independent director so i also lend my weights um with my contribution you know, in, in that um, regard, and from time to time too, um, I go about making presentations on um, um, you know the capital market on investments. Um, two weeks ago, um, I was in Dubai for yes, for um, a presentation to on the capital market and um, identifying investment opportunities, uh, especially in the market in Nigeria. I was talking to. You know some people over there so um for me it's passion is one one thing I, I love doing um and everybody even if i maybe maybe when i retire fully from you know acad- ac- academics uh, i cannot afford to set up uh, some. But for now um because i'm fully involved in uh, ac- you know academics i'm i am not allowed to. You know, set up something of my own um, that would be, um, you know, uh, in breach of um, uh, a, a, my contract of employment. Uh, so I cannot do anything uh, by way of um, part time. Uh, but f- fully, I am uh, involved in the, in teaching. I'm involved in research uh, in the university. That's what I do.
0: Okay. Thank you very much sir. Um, Now talking about research, there's this ongoing um, debate about what the best approach will be for retail investors. Some school of thought believe that trading, that's buying and selling, buying and selling short-term, being focused on the short-term, delivers better returns than long-term investing, buy and hold for a long period of time. In foreign climbs, we've seen research being done that has shown that long-term investments in that climb does much better than trading than short-term investing are you aware of any research in the nigerian space that compares trading to long-term investing or what are your thoughts on that sir
1: uh, okay um my my phd thesis was on um, uh, market anomalies was on um uh, you know, calendar effects on the nigerian stock market that was the phd thesis that i did and um, that's um, a study that is in the realm, if you like, of um, the or rather, the, the theory around that study is the efficient market, you know, hypothesis. You know, the semi-strong form of the efficient market hypothesis says that um, technical anal- analysis is is useless; that um, investors cannot. On the basis of um, the trend and the price of a stock, predict what the price would be. So, uh, once the market is semi-strong, uh, is um, once a market is um, not efficient in the weak form, is weak form efficient, then it is um, fruit is fruitless. You know, try to use technical analysis to to outperform the market. Okay, so what that means is that. <clears throat> Buying and selling or speculation, speculation that tends to leverage technical analysis in order to beat the market, okay, is is um is not what what the trouble. So that's what it means. So my thoughts or my what I think about the you know your, your question is that when we say the capital market is actually a market for medium to long-term funds. So is the market where we play in the long run? It's the long end of the financial market. So anybody going into the investing in the stock market or capital market shouldn't uh, look at it from a short term perspective. Okay, investing today and then after one month you your expected return? No, no, that's not the capital market. So a buy and hold strategy is always recommended for uh, especially um, a young person invested in the markets okay, as opposed to speculation. Yes, the market also needs speculators. Let's not make mistake about that because we need that momentum. That momentum is um, encouraged by speculators and that momentum is necessary for even companies to come to the market to raise funds and uh, hope to succeed. But by and large, we need a majority of the players you know holding it for a longer uh, uh, term, okay they went mtn mtn did an offer for sale last year mtn gave an incentive MTN said they were going to give extra shares on one condition on the condition that the person who is buying will hold it for at least one year i don't know whether you remember yes
0: I'm aware,
1: sir. Yes. yes it is to encourage buy and hold so that we don't go to the market thinking is a uh, place we go and um, Play gamble, you okay? The market is for buy and hold, and when you talk about value investing, really, value investing, you know, speaks to the long term. The idea of um, buying today and selling tomorrow also, uh, uh, if you like, induces volatility. It makes the market uh, highly volatile, and um, um, we need a stable market, okay? And that stability can come when we have a number of long-term you know investors uh, companies need long-term investors it's to the advantage of uh, companies when buy and hold because when you even buy and hold that's when you expect to get the other arm of the return which is the dividend you know especially if you have bought into um, you know a, a, a company with a good valuation or good fundamentals okay um, um, institutional investors too okay play long term. Pension funds play long term. I don't expect pension funds, uh, mutual funds, you know, to be uh, doing a speculation. Uh, so I think what what is uh, more beneficial for investors in the market is a buy and hold, um, you know, a strategy. Okay.
0: Perfect. Um, yes. First, thank you for that validation of value investing. That that means a whole lot to me. I, I strongly mm-hmm. believe in the principles of value investing. Yes. And then secondly, you've, you've talked about how retail investors can kind of boost their returns, and that's mm-hmm. employing you know, good research, buying and focusing on the long term. Yes. Is there any other thing or is there any other ways that retail investors can make the most of opportunities, like make more returns from the markets?
1: Yes. My advice to any retail investor, especially the... Um, those that um, you know, may not have huge funds to play in the market is to go through the collective investment scheme route, you know, the mutual fund route. That is where they can maximize their return. If you, if an investor say, comes to me, for example, and says he has 500,000, he wants to buy shares, I will advise the person, 500,000 may not be um, huge for you to go it all alone. Uh, for example, if you want to take advantage of a stock like Nestle, Nestle is the highest priced stock in the Nigerian market today. Okay, How many, the 500,000 you have, how many units of Nestle can you buy? A stock that is selling for 1,400 or 500 naira. Okay? So these high priced stocks like Nestle, like uh, Seplats, for example, like Airtel um, Etel Af- Africa. okay. If you want to take advantage of their fortunes, okay, the best thing is to put put your money in a pool, and let the the investment manager, let the professional manager, you know, manage that professionally, and then you share in the uh, in the process. Okay, so my advice to retail investors is to go through the mutual fund route, and unfortunately, in Nigeria, you have a population of two hundred million. The number of mutual fund investors in Nigeria, okay, today you can check, is less than five hundred thousand. The number of the investors of those who go through mutual funds, okay, participants, okay, we have fewer than five hundred thousand people in that space. So, more people should be encouraged to go through mutual fund because when you go through mutual fund, you uh, the, the 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 burden. The burden of, you know, the analyzing, determining the ones to picking, you know, good stocks, fundamentally um, ones with good fundamentals. The burden of diversity, you know, knowing how to diversify your investment. But diversification is um is key to minimize risk. It is the mutual fund uh, manager that will handle that, and we have professionals who are already trained who are doing that. Okay. Uh, So whatever comes is now shared based on the, uh, you know, contribution of each investor. So I wouldn't advise retail investors to, you know, go directly. I would advise, except those with um, very, very huge, um, you know, if you have huge money, you can afford to also get your broker to advise you to, to do so. Otherwise, the mutual fund route is what I recommend to retail investors. All right.
0: Perfect, sir. Um, I, I, we've taken quite a lot of your time. I just have two more quick questions and then we can uh, let you go, sir.
1: Okay.
0: The first is, you've mentioned cryptocurrencies. Yes. I just want to know what your thoughts are about that entire space, cryptocurrencies, NFTs. Are they, are they legitimate or are they just fleeting
1: things? Yeah. Well, uh, crypto assets have come to stay. Uh, we can't run away from that. Um, you know, recently... Uh, in order to um, shift attention away from cryptocurrencies, um, the central bank introduced its own uh, digital currency, the e-Naira, is meant to, one of the, re- one of the reasons in my view is to shift attention um, so that people can also embrace, um, embrace that. But the thing about the cryptocurrency is that um, um, unlike the e-Naira, that is a means of payment, a cryptocurrency, in Nigeria today, uh, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's Ethereum, they are not seen as means of payment. They are used more as, um, as um, uh, not even as um, commodity, but they're used more as security, as investments. The people I know that do them, okay, use them as investments. They invest in cryptocurrency because they hope to make returns. It's not as if they use cryptocurrency to make purchases, not as a means of payment. Okay, and because of that's why SEC is saying that the, the regulation of crypto assets is actually should be within the purview of, view of uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission, as we have it in the US, for example. Okay, so it's, it has come to stay. It's something I will also want the authorities to, to um, embrace, and part of what they should do is to quickly come up with a, a framework for regulating, you know, crypto uh, assets. Uh, given the fact that a number of our youths are already, um, you know, involved in it. Uh, at some point, I think uh, the last time I checked, the said Nigeria was the second or third highest, um, um, you know, um, player, you know, in cryptocurrencies. So that tells you that a number of people are already in that uh, space. So what we now need to do is to ensure that uh, it's well regulated, it's not abused, because we know that uh, one of the reasons Central Bank is against it is... Um, uh, because it is, it is, um, it can be a vehicle for money laundering. Uh, it can be a vehicle for some illicit uh, transactions. So let it be well regulated, and let the people, anybody going into it, you know, be well educated, because of the high, very high risks. In fact, some investment uh, strategies, you know, talk about uh, investing no more than two percent of uh, an a portfolio in cryptocurrency. So such regulations for example can you know can be made uh, to ensure that um, anybody who is investing in a cryptocurrency is not doing um, is not taking too much uh, risk or the risk somehow is covered part of how that can be mitigated is to say it just a tiny fraction of the portfolio should be in cryptocurrency you know given its uh, its uh, volatility so i think it should be welcome i think it should be encouraged but with a caveat, you know, re- regulation, there should be regulation, uh, effective regulation on uh, crypto assets, as we already have in some countries now.
0: All right. Perfect. And then mm. lastly, sir, we, we, in 2019, we saw you being appointed as uh, the Commissioner of Finance in Emo State. And unfortunately, due to the Supreme Court judgments in early 2020, we saw the truncation of that mandate, unfortunately, sir. In your stint in politics, quote unquote," what lessons did you take from that year in politics?
1: Uh, Well, lessons. um, I would say I found myself. I didn't really. I didn't really go out to join politics. Um, I was invited by the then governor to come and help. You know, put things in shape anymore, and. um, know uh, well, I, I did my best then as um, you know within the few uh, months that was I was spent there um, Of course the experience was um, quite um, uh, exciting, exciting uh, for me fulfilling in the sense that it you know gave me the opportunity to you know put into practice some of the you know uh, theories that um, you know one already knows in the area of public um, public finance. Um, so uh, it was a, a very good opportunity and then um, i think too um people in academia um should uh, you know seek such opportunities um, embrace them if they're available to also make contributions so such that we it's not just about uh, being in the class classroom you know saying something you need that practical experience and of course when you have acquired that practical experience and you return to the classroom you can imagine um the kind of value you'll be bringing to the unit to the you know to the system uh so it's important that from time to time um there should we'll talk about handshake between the cow and the town uh, people in academia they go out acquire experience um and then come back to um uh, to to bring those experiences to bear on on what they do so uh it's, it's quite an interesting one uh, for me and then um, if I get another opportunity to, uh, to serve, why not? I will also do so. But ultimately, I will always be returning, uh, you know, to the system each time I finish. So as I said, I like bringing up the, the younger ones.
0: Thank you very, very much, sir. It's been a pleasure even to have you over the past hour, uh, thereabouts. But just before I let you go, sir, I'm going to put you on the hot um, Okay. Do you just want to recommend one, two, three equities uh, in the Nigerian space that
1: you feel have some potential? Um, I, I think the best um, way to go about it is to um, look at those uh, companies. You see, there are two things are often considered uh, in investments: technical or you have two forms of analysis, technical, fundamental. But I think what is more important is the fundamental analysis, okay? Yes, you check a company's performance over time. Look at the earnings, for example. You look at the um, things like um, the yield, earnings yield, dividend yield. So by the time you check those over time, you now decide whether those things have been on the rise or declining. Okay, so if you have if you have consistent increases in those things, so no matter what is happening now, even if the share price of the company is low, okay, that even tells you that the company is um, um, undervalued and it is undervalued stocks you know that you go for. Okay, and I think for some of our our, our banks, our banking stocks, okay, they currently carry you know good valuation. You hear of the Fugaz, the Fugaz. It's- okay the five the first the first bank uh, you know the five so the some of those for gas companies um, or, or banks you know uh, they are good one, one could uh, take positions in them. Um, and um, the telecom sector um, for example, I think um, these this, this companies um, MtN for example, Especially with the new license that it has, uh, payment service license, that it has. Yes, the potentials are there uh, for that kind of uh, company. Um, and I also think um, if you go to the agri uh, sector, uh, I think the companies there are also, um, you know, good um, candidates. I'm talking about Presco and uh, Okomo, you know, the, the, the two of them um the industrial stocks, for example, the the bellwether, the bellwether stock, there, Dangote cement. <laughs> so it's important to check out the fundamentals of these companies. And if the fundamentals are good, including the penny stocks, you know, the ones uh, we consider penny stocks, those ones can you know spring surprises. What is important is to check their um you know their fundamentals if the fundamentals are good you go ahead and buy them and then hold them for a while okay if a company's fundamental is good buy and hold you will not uh, the investor will not um, you know regret and of course when you're doing that you are you are also looking at buying or investing across sectors diversification so you don't put all your money in banking stocks or put all your money so we diversify in order to Make you know, maximize return and minimize risk.
0: Thank you very, very much, sir. It's been an exciting conversation, and we we are we are humbled by your humility and by your eagerness to join us on the show today, sir. Um, we hope probably we can do this again some other time if we can find thank space on the show, today, sir. Thank
1: you very much, Doctor.